unique ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. We've got a super awesome guest today. He is a driven, engaging, and insightful designer professional with a passion for work that positively impacts the human experience, growing and bringing innovation to companies with a proven ability to improve processes and customers' experience. He has an eagerness to take on new challenges and bring new meaning to user-centered design through research, feedback, and new experiences. Please join me in welcoming Jarell Alvarez. Welcome. Thank you, Thomas. Um, yeah, I'm really, really glad to uh, be here. Awesome. You ready for 20 questions? Yes, I am. Okay, here we go. Number one, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? So right now, I'm in a bit of a transitionary period. Um, I would consider it a sabbatical. And unfortunately, uh, I don't work a full-time job anymore. I do have a part-time job mentoring designers for uh, a company in San Francisco. Um, and I am also uh, in the process of trying to take a vacation and trying to work very little. My goal is actually to work 10 hours a week. Um, so kind of off that, you know, four hour work week that Tim Ferriss wrote. At the same time, I'm trying to um, bridge a lot of my passions in life, such as community building uh, with the Vancouver Design Check-In. Um, that is a bunch of designers kind of hanging out. And then I'm also trying to enable a lot of past passions such as photography um, and starting some ventures of my own like career coaching and kind of doing like what you do um, with trying to take some part-time uh, teaching gigs um, to kind of again work that as low amount of hours as possible during the week. Nice um, you know I'm super excited to have you here um, you know a note for the audience Jarell and I met um, at a workshop I was running here in Vancouver Canada last week. Um, question two what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? I've been reflecting on this one and I don't know that I'm that different. I would say that a part of me was uh, built on this idea that I'm going to try to make my life harder than it actually is because my life isn't hard. I'm very privileged. I have a lot of cushioning around me and I've started to realize that that's frustrating um, because of the lack of discomfort. And I basically got kicked in the teeth uh, after, again, um, being laid off from my full-time job by my aunt and I deserve that. And it kind of reinstilled how much I need to be honest with myself and honest with the people around me, because that's a disservice if I'm not. And in order to do that, I need to kind of remain a little bit uncomfortable. Just like kind of John Maida said um, with his routine and, you know, how being comfortable kills you, him and when he wants to move on he moves on I'm kind of in that state and I want to kind of remain in that state because then I can keep learning and growing 
I do get bored easily. Like when I picked up the guitar, I learned the basics and then I stopped playing it um, because there's no one to, you know, hold me accountable. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. So I didn't really have a goal afterwards with the community. I've grown it substantially, but I realized I didn't have much energy to put into it. And I became comfortable again. So me trying to actively make myself uncomfortable, even with the simple acts of taking a colder shower now, or um, recently, actually, uh, was it yesterday, I think, I walked up to some random strangers and said, hey, I like your style. Can I do some photography for you? She, one of the persons that I talked to was actually a model. And I have some great photography, uh, like some great photos. And I felt so much gratitude and my throat was leaping out of my chest right afterwards. And I was so scared and excited. And then after that, I told myself, I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. That's, I can do that in the future. That's, that's amazing. And then the business concepts came into me. I started about thinking business strategies. I thought about reaching out. And so I guess at the end of the day, when you're able to listen to the world around you, you're able to create the tools and the actions and the steps necessary to do more of it and scale it. And you get through that hurdle of uncomfortableness and then you become a little bit, a bit comfortable and then you become comfortable and then, you know, you kind of die. Nice. Yeah. One more note for the audience, you know, before I hit record today, Jarrell and I were talking about a couple episodes that really hit home. Uh, the ones with the one with John Maida and the one with Debbie Millman, those were really key episodes. So lucky, so, so lucky to have them on the show. Mm -hmm. um, please do check out those episodes. Um, number three, why this of all things, why do you do what you do? I like people. I've been very fascinated with people since I was young I remember I wanted to become a criminal psychologist because I watched a movie about some um, investigators trapped on an island and then they had to like um, understand who this person was in order to catch him so I was like man you know I want to be able to I don't know predict how people act and I want to be able to read people so I've kind of had this kind of analytical um, almost disattachment from people for a very long time. And I remember when I was younger, I did a lot of things to make my life harder because I for somehow knew that if I'm able to do this, then I can learn on my own and I can kind of go against the grain and go against a lot of things that I don't like or I don't understand and I can make my own conclusions to them. And I think that worked. Um, the annoying part is that I didn't have much direction. For example, when I was in high school, my aunt came from Winnipeg and she used to live here. She basically raised me. She was the person that enabled me to literally talk. She told my parents like, hey, he doesn't, he has tongue tied and he needs to see a speech pathologist. And then they took me and then I can talk. And she was there every single day taking me to my or every week, I think, to my speech pathologist. She's the reason why I don't have a list right now. She's also the reason she came like she lived here, sold her house, went to Winnipeg. And then five years later, she came back for one Christmas, had brunch with us. And she asked me during the car ride on our way there, hey, what do you want to do? 
And I'm like, I don't know. And it was already December and everyone already knew what they wanted to figure out. But I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. She's like, hey, there's a uh, my nephew is a web designer and he makes $50,000. My only path in life and the only thing that I knew I wanted to do was to be happy. And because I like video games and can sit on the computer for a long time, I can be there for eight hours. So I put two and two together. I said, okay, web developer. It makes $50,000. That's more than I expected to make for myself. And I could be creative and analytical. Oh, yeah, right. My dad said that uh, BCIT is well-respected in BC. That That's a good idea. Two years? I can go two years without a life. Um, and then I thought I was going to get into web development. But then I got into design because I read Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug. And I like empathy. Uh, again, the human psychology aspect kicked in. And so all these like little things in life started to finally come to full circle, I guess. It's a great book. Um, don't make me think. I remember when that came out um, a long time ago now. Um, you know, it has the catchy title that you can apply to any kind of problem solving you do. But actually, the content is really rich in that book, too. Um, number four, what does your future look like? I think as you can kind of tell. I don't really know. Um, again, one goal is to work less. Um, I'm trying to work with this theory that, you know, money will come. Time is fleeting. And when I was working full time, you know, the nine to five grind, I just kept thinking, man, I have just so many things I want to do and not a lot of time and energy to do it. I would just watch Netflix when I get home or hang out with friends as the world is working uh, opening up you know the more i wanted to avoid the things that um bring me joy in life so this was like the kick in the teeth to really examine what i want to do give myself a year and to figure it out and to not and try not to do the traditional mindset which is like oh I, i'm not working anymore i gotta get a full-time job oh i gotta you know i I really want to explore my passions and I really want to stay in the design industry, but kind of look at it from a more holistic perspective, more of a human perspective and ha and feel my impact directly versus that kind of disconnect a far away glance that traditional designers have. Nice. Um, you know, we're just reaching post-pandemic phase here in Canada. And, um, you know, I think what you said kind of segues nice into number five, which is let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? If I did not have access to the internet, then I would not be able to create a community. I would not be able to impact other people's lives and guide them to the place where they feel like they're intentionally going towards or they can at least set intention. Um, and Vancouver is awesome. You know, I find that there's so many aspects that I like, but I don't really go out much. I don't have a car. I only take SkyTrain. Um, and so accessibility and convenience is very key to me. And that's usually what guides my travels. Um, remote work and hybrid is essential because I love talking to people. I love that human connection. If I were to re work remote, I need access to like, you know, a place that is co-working 
because again, I need that, um, that sense of community. Um, as well, I, one day, like Steve Krug said, you know, sipping margaritas on an island, telling Nike that their app sucks. That's a dream of mine. Will I, do I need to achieve that? Not really, but it's a good goal to have, I suppose. Um, so location, and I've been thinking about this as well. In I love fantasy novels, and in fantasy novels, they kind of the whole location creates the people. Some are hardier, some are harder, you know, because of the elements, because they keep inside more, so they're more blunt and straightforward. Some people are uh, like in Vancouver, more siloed. Um, passively friendly but they don't go out of their circle so it's it, it is very interesting how location can make a person who they are almost accidentally or at least a lot of their traits i'm so glad that you're talking about humanity within uh within these interviews you know with john Maida, i always focus on that human side that came out in that episode and i try to encourage that with all the guests now i think it's uh it's an important thing Mm-hmm. Um, number six, if you had to start from scratch, what advice would you give your former younger self? I, I would say that it's again, that movement towards that uncomfortable zone, but with the hope with some guiding sphere that you'll make it like, you'll be okay. You will do well. I promise you. All of those things that you're scared about, that you have fears about, life has a weird way of just kind of working itself towards it. And to listen, like really listen. When you listen, you're capable of not only listening to the person in front of you, but you're also listening to the world, your experiences. And fine you can process it on your own but i highly encourage you to process it with people let people in to the deeper part and not use that for whatever um you know manipulative or whatever gain you have but just see where it goes and work on communication communication will take you everywhere but you have to be willing to be vulnerable you need tools research into tools on how to communicate better because damn you're gonna hit some hard conversations in the future and i know you're not prepared for it and i know you will run but you gotta stop running because eventually it catches up to you whether you like it or not and it will infest your life somehow that you've never realized and seek professional help because God, it's going to help you. Nice. You know, I just had a, a call the other day with Mark Bussey, a Vancouver name, who runs Creative Mornings here in Vancouver. And uh, he he threw some responses at me that were really direct and bold. And I was just like, okay, I've got to have the empathy here. I've got to, I've got to listen. Um, yeah, I, I, I realized um, from my aunt, and I'm very recently that the truth hurts and you know instinctually what the truth is for you based on your life so if something hurts you you should investigate that 
hundred um, percent. Number seven, what's a day in your life like? Oh, right now, um, it's definitely kind of, you know, trying to work on a lot of self care. Uh, I like coffee. I used to not like coffee, but I like the taste. Uh, I'm into food quite substantially. Um, now I get grab my camera. I take it everywhere I go. I invested into a really, really good camera um, because I want to, again, take my photography further. And now it's just making connections with people, talking to them online or in person, uh, working on, again, planting those seeds for my future, but still kind of maintaining that vacation mode that I really, really, really need. So again, I call it semi-retired sabbatical state. I think that's a really good state to be in because it's flexible. It is my own time. It is on me to schedule it. And I like scheduling and I like planning already. Um, I might cook in the day or I might eat something that I've already done. I'll relax and I'll photo edit and I'll try to make that photo editing process better. Um, and then inching and inching and inching towards traveling more. Um, I have plans next year to travel by myself meet up with some friends in different countries and so it's a bit of again I'm I'm still working with that notion how do I make myself a little bit uncomfortable every single day and I feel like that's going to really teach me and keep me an independent person that I really want to be I love that you're talking about design objects and particularly like photographic design objects. You know, I have a traditional design education. And so I was very obsessed with things like Holga cameras and Leica cameras and Lomo cameras, not because of the pictures they took, but just because I wanted to have them sitting on my desk kind of mm -hmm. around me. Um, that was that was very much a, a, a dominant kind of ideology for me. Um, number eight, lifelong learning is a popular topic these days. How do you stay up to date? I'll tell you kind of twofold before it's very passive. I know that there's a lot of rabbit holes in life and there's a lot to be learned and there's so much things to learn. I prefer teaching <laughs> things that I learn and I kind of prefer letting that person guide me to how they want to be taught facilitating per se um right now i think that i'm learning by doing but with the promise to myself that i will do my best to learn the theory and the action uh, again with photography for example i've i watched one video and it was a 45 minute video about street photography and i usually i skip these things but I like the fact that he was taking you into his world and treated you like you were just with him and just going with all of, like the techniques and stuff like that. But it wasn't super theoretical. It was very action oriented. So I really like that aspect. And um, I applied those aspects to a recent trip to Alaska. Now, I think I went a little overboard and I applied it to other things like portrait and yada yada. So on a bit of uh, asking for feedback really helped me say, okay, no, there's other rabbit holes to get in here. I think I need to learn more and connect with people who can teach me because clearly I don't really know what I'm doing still, even though I've been shooting since I was like seven and my dad handed me a camcorder when we were in 
Germany and Italy when I was like seven. Um, a little bit of a tidbit when I was getting into design, my first job, I promised myself that, you know, I'm a visual designer in that role. It's called a design specialist. And I wanted to get into UX. I said, I'm going to learn one thing once a day, no matter what. And I read somewhere that if you open 15 tabs to anything and you just read passively, you'll almost become an expert in that. So I always keep that in mind. Like if I'm ready and willing to really dive into something, I'm going to put my heart into it and I will become an expert. Nice. I love that you're talking about being a younger educator and facilitator. You know, we've had a lot of, I, I think I can say older educators on the show. One, one well-known name in that world would have been Dr. Marco Bevelo. And, um, you know, he, he's a great educator, but really academic and really high level with his concepts to the point that it can be difficult to understand what he's talking about. Um, I think when you're early on, you really are um, receptive to to what people want to hear and and how you need to talk to them. And um, that can be forgotten as you get older. So um, good on you for for starting early there. Thank you. I love the fact that my friend kept doing this and it wasn't even advice, but he he was a bit of an older guy and he was in our program for BCIT and he kept every single time someone was talking to him like one of my classmates he's like talk to me like I'm six years old talk to me like I'm six years old I don't understand this and I'll never forget that because that's how I've crafted the way that I talk about concepts and I use metaphors and I use relatable terms because you have to speak the language of the person that you're talking to you have to get to their level and it's all fresh in my mind that's something that I don't think a lot of again older teachers as you said have absolutely um, number nine, what tools do you use? Are you entirely digital? For the most part, yeah, I would say like 99%. Um, I would have stickies on my uh, computer and monitor and I would ignore them. Um, I use Google Keep very often to store all my notes. Um, I also use Notion for resources like design resources uh, that I could, I don't know, maybe give you in the description. Um, and then... Yeah, Google Calendar, everything is tied to digital because of convenience. Now, I realize that I'm selling my data to that convenience, and I'm still trying to investigate how much I care. And frankly, I don't. And that's a little disconcerting. But I've also realized that the tide is coming, and I just need to be, you know, just go with it and see where it takes me. Yeah, you know, I was looking, I was kind of researching you before the, before we got on here today. And um, I mean, you, you really are good with the digital. And I think you're probably being a bit modest in general, um, in that um, you, you share so broadly with, uh, with, with the things that you're coming across, you know, with these communities, you talked a bit about your community building. Um, but I think it's, it's very evident once we get into your material, how much uh, you are into that. Thank you. I've, the pandemic forced me. Yeah. Um, we're halfway. Number 10, how do you deal with work-life balance? When I was doing full-time, it was really, really important to me. I think I maybe take took it to an extreme. And it was a very difficult uh, product. It's enterprise analytics software for asset managers. Like, I don't know what that means. And I'm not very interested in it. And so I think 
mentally I was kind of coasting and that resulted in a lot of things that I could have done better. But I also believe that if I was that interested in the industry, I would have done that extra work to reach out or talk or learn. And I wasn't. So I was really prioritizing. Uh, I have so much going on the community part-time, yada, yada, yada. I needed time to relax and I prioritize that. And so again, it's like, how do I prioritize those things that make me happy? How do I prioritize working less? And how do I be efficient about it? At the time of this recording, it's it's really an interesting time. We're just going through the big tech layoffs, the Twitters and the metas and all the others are are laying off massive numbers of, uh, of people, of designers, of UX people and others. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a hard time to figure out work-life balance and what that looks like from now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, number 11, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Oh, man. So there's a lot of ways that my life could have taken me. I could have been a lawyer because I like reasoning and I like logic, but I don't like memorizing. I could have been an RMT because when I was younger, my dad taught me how to massage. And so I do that for fun. I could have been a photographer, but I didn't want to take my hobby and my passion and feel like it's work every single day. I wanted to really enjoy it. And I think luckily I'm still in that stage where I still love it. Um, I wanted, I remember plan D was to become a scuba diving instructor in Hawaii and teach that and like take tourists and stuff. So I just like that aspect. Like you have a little hut, you live a simple life and then you just are in the ocean and no stress in life. Professional chef, again, with a hobby thing, I didn't want to take my hobby and burn out because I liked cooking, but I also luckily had that insight that oh man this is really hot and stressful and you're probably just gonna do basically the same thing day in day out oh man i don't want to do that um so those are just like a few aspects but i definitely know that there's like potential for me in singing acting modeling um for the entertainment business being a host like i really like entertaining people and dancing as well so there's just like an eclectic field of things I could do. Did you say scuba diving instructor? Yes. That's super awesome. Um, you know, I, um, I, I, it made me want to give a shout out to, to uh, Deep Cove Kayak, where I kayak um, from here in Vancouver. Beautiful, beautiful place. Definitely, um, if you're into that, the, uh, the Canadian values, you should jump on that. Um. Number 12, what would you not like to do in terms of your career? I don't want to, I don't really want to feel trapped and again, feel too comfortable. And I also don't want to work for a company that doesn't value design, that doesn't have design leadership, and that doesn't speak to me in some way. Again, I want to work for a company that I feel passionate about and in an industry that I feel passionate about. And I don't want to take anything less than that because I'm in that stage of my career. And luckily the market, um, of course, with the tech layoffs, it's hard to say, but I'm, you, senior UX designers, senior product designers are still in high demand. 
And I'm very fortunate that I can, again, take this time off and then come back from the sabbatical and it won't be very difficult for me to find something. I just wish for myself in the future that I have the steady hand to really be selective and to not stray away from my values and my worth. Recently, we had Gagan Diash on the show, who's uh, on sabbatical as well. Um, he uh, has held a, a high-level um, instructor role at Vancouver Film School for a while now, and uh, he's uh, he's running around Toronto um, trying to decide what to do next. So, um, number thirteen, what's your favorite word, quote, or sentence? Oh no, um, I think that changes over time, and I think that currently one word that stood out to me literally last night talking to a friend was intentional another one that I think about is just living an uncomfortably uncomfortable life and I wish I can quote something fancy off the top of my head like I bet other guests do but I just can't nice um, how about a least favorite word quote or sentence Live, laugh, love. Um, 15, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what word would you choose? Oh, no. A word? Um, oh. Um, just, uh, just a creator, I guess. A maker, a creator in some form. Nice. 16, what keeps you up at night? Um, it's usually what I need to do the next day. Luckily, I have my calendar, but I like to problem solve before I go to bed. And sometimes in the past, uh, relationships uh, that are troubling will keep me up. Um, or my subconscious takes me into a place where, again, like I need to problem solve something and suddenly I get hit with a solution when it's like 5 a.m. or music. <laughs> I'll be listening to, I'll be thinking about music and a song in, that's stuck in my head and they'll just keep playing on loop. That's happened before. Nice, we're in the final stretch here, number 17, what's a dream you're chasing? That, no, that lifestyle, um, that, you know, five to 10 hour work week, not being chained to one, company the independence and the passions but not turning them to full-time because I don't want to get completely tired of it and letting life take me where it wants to go and being able to travel and be free in some sense number 18 what inspires you um I'd say you know, the, I feel like the generic answer is people or the world. Community inspires me for sure. I believe community can be extrapolated and taken wherever it wants to go. But community involves action and a place to belong. And it creates opportunity and wealth for others working together towards a common goal or a common philosophy and I think that I still try to inspire myself every day with that. But at the same time, 
weirdly enough, I also believe I'm I'm my biggest inspiration. And the only way that I create that inspiration is by doing the things that I'm scared of. 19, any advice you'd like to share? I feel like a culmination of our conversation was, again, that aspect of being really uncomfortable and the action before the words. Um, I think that a lot of people can talk. I think, again, I'm talking right now, but fortunately, I have proof in the pudding. And I want people to, I guess, work with that mindset that behind a lot of the creations that people make, a lot of, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Or luckily, someone figured it out and figured out an efficient way to do it. They, people ask me like, oh, how do you sleep? You have all these things going on. And I'm like, I sleep fine. I didn't sleep very well uh, earlier this year, but, but now I sleep fine. And I want to get a better sleeping schedule. But suffice to say, it's because I figured it out. I figured out how to do, juggle all of these things with some mindset that something may suffer, but I'm able to make other things work. And that drives me to keep going awesome and number 20 which is uh often the uh the one that we're all waiting for how can our listeners keep tabs on you how should we follow you what do you want us to look up on you for sure you can follow my photography on jarell j-a-r-e-l-l dot jpeg j-p-e-g on instagram that's where i'm going to be posting my photography from now on i'm also fairly active on linkedin um Again, it's my name. And on Slack in the design community, you don't have to be from Vancouver. There's a wealth of international folks. I believe that we have the power to bridge people who want to come into Vancouver, that they can find friends and a sense of community right away. So there are, for example, I met a friend from Thailand. Um, she was involved with the ADP list. And then I talked to her quite often. She came to our calls even when it was inconvenient for her. And then eventually came to Vancouver and it was amazing to like rekindle or keep this friendship, this international friendship. She finally comes to Vancouver. I've also had people, Michelle and Victor, who met in the community and then they got married this year. So there's like all these, these fun things that keep happening in the community itself, in this like microcosm of the world. And all they had to do was show up. All they had to do was talk to others and the world is their oyster. Awesome. I love that. Well, you know, thanks so much for coming on. You know, I'm so glad that we met at my workshop last week and, you know, as a fellow educator and facilitator, you know, in the early stages of, of that part of your career, I think it's super exciting that you're excited about that and you want to keep going with that. I think it's a really great thing. And I just want to encourage the audience to uh, join Jarrell's communities. Um, I think he's got some really rich stuff going on here. Um, and it's really great to uh, to be a part of it. So uh, please do join him on his journey. Um, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much, Thomas. This was fun. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more unique ways.